If you're able to stand, I'd like to read the word of the Lord, and let's just stand as, as I read it. It'll be on the screen as well. Praise the Lord, which is hallelujah. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart and the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in him. Full splendor and majesty is in his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous work to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He, reminds, he remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. And the works of his hands are faithful and just, and all his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever to be performed with faithfulness and upright. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. You may be seated. That's from Psalm 111. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. It's, it's great to be here today with my uh, church family. Uh, to, to praise God, to sing a hallelujah. If you're new to Crossman's, I welcome you. Uh, my name is Ken, and I'm the pastor here at, at, at Crossman's. Sometimes we do things a little bit different around here, um, and that's why you're sitting at tables today. Um, we just wanted to kind of make it special. Jesus sat around with his disciples, and, and also for us to be able to do this. On your table, there are some uh, blank uh, sheets of paper. Everybody, please take one. And also, there uh, are some markers. And just grab one marker. And uh, if one of our deacons could go turn off the heater in the welcome center, this heater is kind of making a noise. Uh, just turn it down a bit. Um, uh, and what I want you to do is on your sheet of paper, I want you to just write one word that represents what you're thankful to God for today. So just one word, like my children or my wife or, or um, my job, whatever it is, just write one word uh, about what you're thankful to God for today. And then on the other side, um, I, I'd like you to flip it over, and I want you to write down one attribute of God, like uh, one of his character qualities, like he is loving or he is just or he is eternal, and please write it big so others can see it, because um, uh, I may ask you to stand up and share that word uh, with us today in the service. You know, today, if you're new, we're in a message series called Moving Forward in Faith and Faithfulness. And in this series, we've been talking about the mission of Crosswinds Church. It's, it's going to be up on the board there. And let's read it all together. If you don't know it, it's going to be there. You can read it with us. It's helping every family. Oh, I don't hear you with me. Let's try it together. Helping every family discover God, his love, and his ways. You know, each week I've been picking one word from our mission statement, base, basing the message on that word. And, and today's word is the best. It's God. He is the object and the reason for us today to be on mission. You know, we exist as a church to glorify him. And that's actually the purpose of every man, woman, and child that, that God has created. Uh, according to the Westminster Confession, um, it, it says this, 
in the shorter catechism, it says, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, which sums up what the scriptures say. And, and it sums up why we're here. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. At, at Crosswinds, we believe that God is better than anything else in all the world. And, and we believe that we are meant to praise him forever. Our, our mission is to help you discover the joy of praising him here at Crosswinds. Psalm 111, which I read at the start, was written with the intent to excite us to praise him. It, it starts off with the command, either hallelujah, which is the same as praise the Lord. And I want you to obey that when I point you. I want you to stand up, hold up the word you wrote down about his character. Mike. Oh, okay. We'll go to Jason. Use the back. Okay. Steve. Stand up and do the first word. The first, the one about his character. Who he is. He is sovereign. All right. Uh, Eric, stand up. What is the word that you picked? <laughs> Annika, Annika. Go ahead. Merciful. Okay. Natasha. Provider. Jean. Forgiving. Forgiving. Um, uh, Linda. Love. Love. Uh, uh, Tatiana. Loving. Loving. Uh, Rosa. Merciful. Merciful. Okay. Faithful. Faithful. Jason. Protector. Protector. Courtney. Loving. Loving. Awesome. Um, it, you know, our, our, our intent today was to, to start out, uh, and you all did that with enthusiasm, enthusiasm and, and uh, you are now doing what you were created for, to praise God. Um, uh, if you're online, I want you to enthusiastically type right now into the chat a word about his character. And the scripture goes on to say, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. And now if I point you, I want you to hold the paper up and declare something that you are thankful to God for today. So, Rihanna. Family. family. Emil. Okay, Willem. Natasha, <laughs> William got here to see his new wife, Natasha, <laughs> awesome, Linda, family, uh, Tina, your breath, amen, <laughs> every breath we breathe, awesome, awesome, uh, uh, let's see, uh, how about uh, Steve, Grace, Ken's mom, Sue, family, <laughs> awesome, how about Kaylee, family, awesome, um, well, we have much to be thankful to God for today. Um, now, some of you, that might have felt uncomfortable to do that because you've been taught that, that church is a place to come and be somber and quiet. Or, or maybe you believe that your faith is just a personal uh, and private practice. We believe here that the Bible teaches our worship should be also celebratory and corporate. Please listen to it next to what the psalmist says. He says, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. See, the text says we are to praise him with our whole heart. You know, the whole understanding of the Hebrews of the heart was that it was your whole being. So make sure when you're praising him that your face and your body knows that your heart is praising him. Right? 
Get it all working together. Our mission statement is based on two scriptures, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commission is God's greatest command to us, and it's what all the other commands are based on. It is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, or number one, remember the foam fingers, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You know those people that were up here a little while ago, that they were singing and they were playing instruments? Sometimes we call them the praise team, but actually they're not the praise team. Each of you is the praise team. They are the praise leaders, but you are the team. Beloved, you're not an audience. God is our audience. And you come here to praise him and to show love to him by uh, saying hallelujah, as we sang before. Praise the Lord. Beloved, you were never meant to be an audience. You were made to stand up and give him thanks and praise in the company of the upright in the congregation. You know, in our language, uh, that appears as if it's just one meeting at church on Sunday. But in the Hebrew, there are two meetings here described. There is an and instead of a comma in the Hebrew language. We are to give thanks and praise in the assembly of the upright, which is a small group of believers, like at your table, a small group of believers. And, and, and we are also to do it in the larger group in the congregation. Now, it, 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 it's very possible if you're not already part of a, a life group here at Crosswinds, you're, you're not fully fulfilling your purpose and mission to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We are to give him thanks and praise in the assembly of the upright. You might say, I, I, I don't like to be around people. I'm, I'm kind of a private person. And besides, I don't get out a lot, get out a lot and, and get, out, get a lot out of being with other people. Well, maybe the problem there is your attitude. You're, you're only thinking about you. And this is not about you. It's about glorifying God, isn't it? According to his word. He, he is the object or the audience. And he is to be glorified in the assembly of his people, to praise him. You know, we have a prayer meeting here every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and if you never come to you say, I, I just pray on my own, and, um, then have you obeyed him in giving him thanks and praise in the assembly? His great command is to love him first, to, to give him what he values or, or priority. And what's his priority? His people. The second part of the command is to first love your neighbor as yourself. It's the same as the first one. We, we can't love a God we can't see if we don't love a neighbor who we do see. According to God's word, when we praise him together, it encourages us corporately. When we give thanks together, it reminds others he is still working and that they have something to be thankful for. And then there's the third part of that command, the part of love for self, we glorify him and give, we give him thanks. That's showing love to ourselves because he created us in his image for worship. God is a we. He is corporate. He is the Father. He's the Son and he's the Holy Spirit in constant worship of his own glory, of, of God's glory. You know, the, the pastor, John Piper, said this about God's purpose. The chief end of God is to glorify God and to enjoy 
himself forever. 1 John 1, 3 says, We have been invited into the Godhead, into their fellowship as his people. And, and, and John says we are to enter that fellowship with God as his people. And you know what it'll do? It'll make our joy complete. See, you, you can't have complete joy in your relationship with God without a, a dedication to being with his people, both in small groups, intimate fellowship, or large groups, congregational fellowship. Today, a lot of our groups can be accessed from home on Zoom. Now, being together physically is often the best, but, but I have found there can be great intimacy online, and, and we can fulfill our purpose of praising him and giving him thanks together when we are unable to get together physically. So there's really no excuse, because we have small groups at all times where you can, through the week, collect with other people. Beloved, God wants that for you because it's best for you so that your joy may be complete. Beloved, addiction is a disease of isolation. Sin is a disease of isolation. If you want healing and joy, make it your weekly practice to be with other believers, praising him and giving thanks to him in intimate relationships with small groups. Friends, we are all plagued by temptation and sin. And the Bible says in James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. You see that phrase in there, one another? We, we love God and praise him with our hearts when we are present for one another in prayer groups, in life groups, in, in discipleship groups, those are places where his healing takes place. God said to the first man, it's, it's not good for man to be alone. And friends, that's not change for man or woman. It, it's good for you to be with his people. That's actually loving to yourself, even if you don't enjoy it at first. Even when it's hard, it's good for you. Because God is teaching you in that process about forgiveness and about love. In Psalm 111, uh, 111, it says, Great are the works of the Lord. They're studied by all who delight in him. See, everything that God does is great. Even the little things he does is great, like ants and bees. You know, in our world, it would not function. How many gardeners know your garden would not function without those little ants and bees? Beloved, there's always something to give thanks and praise to God for. Every work he does because of his love for us is good. Even the things that we don't think are great, they are because of his great love. See, God has a design in everything for the ultimate benefit of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God is a long-range planner. He's been working, doing great things for us since before the foundations of the earth. Notice his text says here, his works are studied by all who delight in him. In everything we do here at Crosswinds Church, we, we, we center it on the word of God and we teach the Bible. The Bible records his great works. Now, if you spend your time studying the works of our politicians, you'll find they're not always so great, right? If, if you study the works of your friends and neighbors, not so great. If you study your own works, not so great all the time. But you will have delight. 
You will have joy if you spend your time studying his works. Studying his works takes reading his word, knowing his word, meditating on his word. What are you using your time to study his word or Facebook or Instagram or Netflix or the news or gossip about your neighbors or your own thoughts and fears? What do you put your mind to study? Here at Crosswinds, we want you to be disciplined to study God's word so that you will delight in great things and find joy. Psalm 111 says this about his work. It's full of splendor and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. You know, our politicians and celebrities, they're often full of, well, you know, and our own thoughts are often full of lies because the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and it's desperately sick and who can understand it? But God's work is described in his word that his thoughts are full of splendor and majesty. Splendor means honorable, to have power, and majesty means beauty and excellence and glory. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. You know, consuming our mind with the study of God and his gospel is what actually removes our fears and our anxieties. Friends, it is the answer to despair. When we study him, we learn he is omnipresent, that he is always with us, that we are never alone. And we, like the Apostle Paul, can say, rejoice with the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. When we put our mind on him and his works, we realize his works have not stopped. The psalmist says, righteousness or goodness endures forever. These works have not stopped. When we give thanks and praise together, it's, it's a very important thing because it encourages you. It reminds you of his good work that endures even though you may be going through a tough time, you hear somebody else where God has just done something. It's an encouragement. Hebrews 10.25 encourages us this way. It says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, friends, the, the day may be drawing near. Things are pretty tough out there. All the more reason right now to be with his people, fulfilling his purpose. Verse 4 says, He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. God causes his people to be together so that his works would be remembered. Here's the truth about all of us. We all have spiritual amnesia. We can all easily forget the great works of God. Every time some of life's little problems or big problems crop up, we, we tend to forget God's works. One day we're, we're praising God for healing our friend from cancer, and the next day we panic when we see our grocery bill is too high. Friends, if God is for us, who can prevail against us? Definitely not Jewel or Myers or all these. God causes 
his work to be remembered. So we, we can see how he provided for his own people in the desert by sending them manna from heaven and quail to feed them. He provided them meat in other translations. He provided wisdom for Joseph to save Egypt from the ancient world, or, or to save Egypt and the whole ancient world from a famine. Famine. Um, studying God's great works from the past will give us courage and it helps us to be mentally healthy to face the future. Our mission as a people in this church is to remind the world of his grace and of his mercy. Friends, that it has never failed. And when we do that, like we did yesterday, there was 10 of us that went out, we gave out 40 gifts. When we do this together, it encourages us. We didn't even see some of the people. They weren't home. But we had a good time together because it encourages us that his mercy does not fail. We must always be talking about what God has done. You know, his mercy doesn't fail. It's, it's still happening today. During the beginning of the pandemic days, we, we got together in prayer groups many times on Zoom and prayed for our protection. And you know, not one of our members perished from that plague. You know, when our government wanted to cheat us out of our property and, and its land value, we prayed. And, and eventually, with time, they gave us fair market value for our property. See, God is doing great work among us. During the time where many churches were almost doing nothing, we continued to baptize people and, and, and do more in missions around the world than we've ever done. See, God is doing great work here right and now because his love endures forever. In tough times, all we need to do is be reminded God does not change. The Bible says Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He causes his past works to be remembered so that we can praise him right now in the current storms of our life. The church exists to cause his great works to be remembered. We, we did that in the Lord's Supper today. What did Jesus say to do in that? To remember his greatest work, dying for our sins on the cross. And for 2,000 years, we've been doing that as his church. We, we remember that he died and, 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 and was buried. And, and then three days later, he walked out of the grave. We remember that when we celebrate baptism. We remember what he has done, that he is eternally merciful and gracious to us. Verse 5 says he provides food for those who fear him. He, he remembers his covenant uh, forever. A covenant is a promise. It, it's a promise that God will provide for all of your needs. Maybe not your wants, but he will provide for your needs. He is wiser, and he knows the difference between your wants and your needs. Jesus said this, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not. You, each of you, are of more value than many sparrows. Notice it says this is a promise for those who fear him. Fearing him means to trust him and to take his words by faith and obey them. If, if God takes care of a worthless sparrow, will he not take care of someone like you made in his image? Someone who's fulfilling their chief end. The text says he remembers his promise or his covenant. While we may have amnesia and we forget, God does not. If he says something will happen, it will. And we have peace when we remember and trust in what he has said. 
We have this book called the Bible. Anybody heard of it? It's full of his promises, isn't it? All throughout, it's full of his promises. And, and we see many examples of the fulfillment of those promises to his people who feared and respected his word and, and trusted him. You know, some of you struggle with his provision because you're not fearing or trusting him and his word. His word says this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord. He actually says, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessings until there is no more need. Did you hear that? No more need. In 25 years of ministry, I've never seen a tithing family not have their needs met. Never. Yes, I've seen them go through tough times. We all go through tough times. But their needs were always met. If we fear the Lord, if we are generous to one another, he is pleased and he provides for us. The Bible says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Beloved, that's a promise from the eternal God, the creator of all things. You know, beloved, some of you are afraid to obey that. Honestly, I am more afraid not to obey it because I fear God and I believe in his promises. I, I used to make a lot of money, a lot more money than I do right now as a pastor. And I was always broke. And the bill collectors caused me a lot of stress because I feared them. And you know what? Now I fear the Lord. And I obey those verses, and I make substantially less now than I did back then. And I have more, more than I need to share. Sometimes I, I have more than I need, to, more than a tithe, and to missions and other things. You know, even as a church, we, we follow this, this timeless principle. We give away more than 10% of what we take in these walls. Every time you give here, God provides foods for orphans in, in Africa and in Haiti. He, he funds other churches and, and missions around this country so that souls can be fed. Yeah, friends, our, our budget's down. It's a bad economy. But as we rebuild the church, I'm confident and we're faithful to him. God will provide for all of our needs if we continue to fear and obey him. Because he has promised and I, and I fear and respect his word more than the circumstances right now. He is honorable and trustworthy, and, and he does not lie. He provides for the needs of those who fear him, period, forever. He doesn't ever forget a promise. Do, do you know, if you fear your bills, you know, someday those companies are going to be nothing, but God who created everything out of nothing promises to meet all your needs. And, and not only your financial needs, but your spiritual needs if you fear him. He promises to give you wisdom and understanding that will save your eternal soul. You know, he will not forget his promises to you. In verse 6 it says, He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. Why, why must we remember his word? is because it talks about real live events 
where he has shown his character to his people. He is El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. He is all-powerful. He is uh, the one who took one man of faith, a wanderer with no children, and built him into a mighty nation called Israel that became his people. And, and when the text here says the inheritance of the nations, that word nation is actually the word heathen in the Hebrew. God delivered his people Israel from slavery, from the most powerful heathen nation on earth, the Egyptians. God actually gave them their, the Egyptians golden jewelry because they were so afraid of God. They feared his power. They sent the Israelites away with their golden jewelry. He, estained, he sustained their, his, his people for 40 years walking around the desert. And then to those who were faithful, he gave them victory over the heathen people in the land. And his people received an inheritance, houses, that they did not build, and vineyards that they did not plant. Our God is a God who shows his power to the people. It's not just spoken of. It's just not words that he says. It is demonstrated to us. See, the cross is a a visual demonstration to the world of the power of God's love. Romans 5, 8 said, But God shows his love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. The psalm continues in verse 7 saying, The works of his hands are faithful and just, and all of his precepts are trustworthy. You can be sure about everything God does. He is faithful. That, that, that means he does not make any errors. He's perfectly good. He's perfectly just and, and perfectly fair in all of his actions. You know, many try to accuse God today and blame God for all the bad things. But he is God. And he has an eternal perspective that is always best at Crosswinds. We, we talk a lot about God having design for every aspect of life. He's the author of life, and he is perfect. Every principle he gives us in his word is perfect. You know, we may not always have perfect understanding of them, yet by doing things his way, it's always going to be right for us. Verse 8 says, they are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. His precepts and his commands, friends, they, they do not change. Many today try to salad bar his word. And they only do what they agree with or, or what they understand. Some, some would say that his precepts are old-fashioned and modern life has evolved way past them. But the Bible says that they are established or that they stand fast forever and ever. Friends, around here, we don't believe in theistic evolution or progressive Christianity. God is immutable. He does not lie or change. You can trust his promises and his warnings to his people forever. They will will stand firm forever. And, And he expects us to obey them faithfully and with integrity. Verse 9 says, He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Redemption has been sent to his people. Friends, you don't have to get on a waiting list. You don't have to apply. You, you don't have to fix yourself to impress him. He saw that you were broken. He saw that you were harassed by your sin. And he sent redemption to us in his son. 
Redemption means taking something of little value, like a tattered coupon, and, and redeeming great value for it. So the Son of God was sent by God to redeem us with his life because our sin had devalued us. It, it had marred the image of God in us. And Jesus comes to restore us, to make us new, a new creation, redeemed by his blood. God made a covenant or a promise to do that way back in Genesis 3.15. That a deliverer would come, born of a woman, and, and, and crush the head or the power of the one who lied to us and, and led us into slavery and sin. Jesus has set us free, free forever. Our redemption can't be taken away because it's an unchanging promise of God. What kind of God would, would, would save someone only to revoke that promise later? A lying God. And we said he does not lie. If Christ's blood redeems us, it does not have a time or a sin limit to it. His promise of redemption is forever. And friends, it's not about how you feel. There are days all of us feel bad. There are days we we feel like I'm not saved or I'm not worthy of being redeemed because of our own personal war with our sin. But friends, it's not about our performance. It's about his promise and his performance, what he did on the cross that's irrevocable. The Bible says he is holy, which means set apart. There is no one else that could keep such a wonderful promise to us, even if they intended to. No one else with such mercy for our weakness that he would allow his own son to die for them. Friends, your salvation does not rest on your own reputation. It rests on his awesome name. His name is Jehovah, the existing one, the one that's always existed, or the I am. Your salvation rests on his character, not on your own character. You know, we use this word awesome a lot for a lot of things today. I even used it earlier. But really, it's a word that only truly describes God. In the Hebrew, it means revered, feared, or be afraid. Friends, if God is for you, who can be against you? Who will dare to stand up against him? The most fantastically powerful being in the universe chose to show his mercy to you and I, the weakest and most desperate creatures in the universe, you and I. The gospel is something the Bible says is preached to us by men through the Holy Spirit, but it is something that the angels long to look at. His love is unbelievable to them, totally awesome to them. It it is so fearfully good, it makes the angels wonder and awe forever. They're fascinated by it. Our last verse in the psalm says this, the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. The respect for his awesomeness, his Holiness and power in all things, friends, is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, you know, the most obedient to God are the most intelligent because they respect his sovereign power. The Bible says in Psalm 14:1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. 
This word practice in verse 10 in the Hebrew means do it. Do it. When we fear the Lord, we will have eternal understanding of the basic design of our life, what's essential. There are many people out there with all kinds of education that appear intelligent, but if they reject God in his commands, they show themselves through time to be fools or really stupid. Their smart ideas may work in the short run, but there will be a hangover for them in the end. Their understanding of things will lead to their brokenness. Their understanding of things will lead to utter ruin eternally. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Fear of the Lord is necessary for salvation. Friends, we we teach the scripture here to all ages so that they may learn the fear of the Lord, so that they may be wise for salvation and repent. And friends, repentance is not just a one-time thing. It's a, it's a lifestyle for us. Something that we do or, or put into practice so that we're in the proper position before God, a humble position, so that he can make us wise. Wisdom says you can't save yourself. It says that the debt of our sin is so great, too great for us to do this. You know, the functional saviors of this world like money, fame, sex, intellect, and power cannot be trusted to save us. We, we must trust in God's awesome mercy, a, a God who saw how desperate we were trapped in our sin, that he sent his own son to deliver us from it. If you are wise and fear the Lord, you will recognize today how desperately you need his help. That there's no way for you to pay your own debt of sin to God. You know, it's foolish to think that your sin does not matter or or that you're not as bad as that guy over there or or that girl over there. The truth is, God is to be feared because all sin, any sin, is against him. Friends, it's it's a cosmic offense. A cosmic offense that ignites his wrath Only faith in what Jesus did to atone or satisfy God's wrath for sin on the cross will remove that stain. When you become wise, you will trust what God's word says. That God's mercy and his love are greater than his wrath. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Beloved, it's it's not wise to continue to perish in your sins. Instead, turn and believe in what his son has done for you. He forgave all of your sin on the cross. And then he proved it by rising from the grave three days later, declaring to us the gift of everlasting life for all who would believe in what he had done. Friends, belief is fear of the Lord. We are saved By believing God in his word, not in believing in God. Many believe in God and do not practice the fear of the Lord. They continue to do their own thing regardless 
of what his word says to do. Friends, God is the object of our mission statement at Crosswinds because we fear him. He is the authority of this church, not me. His, his word stands forever, and we tremble in awe and in joy of his word and of him. The psalm ends, his praise endures forever. You know, the psalm started with hallelujah or praise the Lord. And it's a supreme command, praise the Lord. We are to put him first, love him with all our heart. And our joy is to be found in him. And it ends saying that that praise will go on forever. Our mission is to make disciples of all nations, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them how awesome he is, that they will fear him and obey all of his commands. We desire that all who are made in his image will make it their chief end to glorify God and enjoy him forever because he is worthy of all of our praise. Can I get an amen? Brothers, it is now, and sisters, it is now time for us to repent. We are to kiss the Son, Jesus, and believe on him, lest he be angry with you and you perish in your own ways. He has shown kindness to you by forgiving you of all your sin and offering you the gift of everlasting life. But his wrath can be quickly kindled if you reject his kindness and make your end something else other than him. Blessed are or happy are those who humble themselves and take their refuge in him. Blessed or happy. Today, turn from your own way and turn to Jesus and be saved. Let us pray. Father God, we, we come before you. And we say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are our everything. And Father, we, we love you. And we thank you for your word and your truth. This is your church. Father, let us glorify you in it. May, let us enjoy you in it. Father, if there's anybody here today that has not yet turned from their sin and believed on you, may they, may they do that today. Friends, if there's anybody here that has not um, uh, uh, been following you, not, not trusting in your word, going the own way, believing that they are salad barring it and, and, and that they can do their own thing and you won't care. Father, let them repent today and, 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 and may they turn and, and, and come to you for you are merciful and good and you will forgive their sin and you will give them everlasting life. You will give them joy again in their hearts if they have been walking away from you. Father, help them uh, not just hear your word, but do it. Believe that they need to turn and repent and come to you. Repentance is worship. Father, let's have a heart to repent every day when we recognize our ways are not your ways. Lord, let, let us fear you in our heart. Let us respect your awesome word and your awesome power. For you are good and your goodness endures forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.